This episode is being brought to you by the Speak English with Tiffany Academy. If you want to join a community of English learners from around the world, the Academy is for you. If you want to improve your English and finally get that better job, the Academy is for you. And if you want to improve your English fluency, the Academy is for you. So join today by going to speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com. Once again, www.speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com. Welcome to the Speak English with Tiffany podcast, a podcast especially created for intermediate and advanced English learners. In this podcast, you will hear natural English conversations, learn specific English tips and tricks, and also get to know many different ESL teachers. This podcast will take your English ability to the next level and help you to be more confident and more fluent when you speak in English. Are you ready? Well then, let's jump right in. Hey everyone, this is Teacher Tiffany and I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. In today's episode, we are going to speak with Julie. She is from Canada, but she currently lives in Dubai. She has been an English teacher for 10 years and she is passionate about teaching English. I know that you are going to enjoy this interview. So let's get started with the interview. All right. Hey, Julie, how are you? I am very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm excited to speak with you because I actually am going to be getting to know you as well. You sent me an email saying that you're an English teacher. So I'm curious to know more about you. But to start, can you just introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Julie. I'm an English teacher, as you said. Uh, I'm from Canada, but I live in Dubai now. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, you can give us a little bit more, maybe your hobbies or... <laughs> <laughs> my hobbies, I don't know. Uh, I love to travel. I love art. Uh, I know that you like art as well. I heard yes, you Yes, I'm mentioned... an artist. Yeah. yeah um, I don't know what kind of art you do or what kind of art you like. So I'm a painter and also I draw, but I have my master's degree. Uh, I went to university in South Korea and I have my master's degree in oriental painting. Um, but wow. I've been an artist, yeah, my entire life. Um, behind me, you can't really see it uh, in my free time, which is, I don't have a lot of free time, but every <laughs> once in a while I like to kind of sketch. Um, but I used to draw a lot more in the past. How about you? What kind of artist are you? Um, I also draw more so drawing than painting. I love portraits, specifically portraits. Nice. Um, I was going to study art, but I didn't. Um, okay. So it's a hobby for me. Yeah. It's a hobby. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Now I'm curious because uh, I actually did commercial art and I did computer science in my undergrad uh, program. And I didn't do art as a major because, you know, the whole adage, uh, starving artists, you don't make money. <laughs> so I tried to combine the two in art on the computer, which is how I got into web design. But uh, what made you decide not to do art full time? Honestly, the same thing, uh, the same, the same thing. So in Canada, you can, you can study art, you can study whatever you want. Um, uh -huh. but I was looking at job possibilities for afterwards and I was kind, I like traditional art, so I'm not really a digital artist. Like I just love to draw and that's it. Yeah. Um, 
So honestly speaking, it was, I started, I did a semester um, uh-huh. of illustration uh-huh. <laughs> and it was great, but then uh-huh. I thought, okay, I'm going to do this for four years. And after this, I'm probably not going to find a job. So I changed to yeah. human resources actually. Um, oh. because it was practical but yeah. that's that's honestly the only reason I think the same as you but I kind of wish that I just went ahead and did it I yeah. regret it a little bit um, yeah yeah but then I, I ended up teaching so it's completely different anyway so do you still have time now to actually draw like in your free time um I do yeah I, I actually freelance now full-time I don't nice. have yeah yeah so I'm I'm trying to kind of transition if I can a little bit back into art as well. Yeah. Um, to do both if possible. So nice. obviously teaching is my profession and um, my main source of income. Yeah. <laughs> so I do have time, but it's it's going it's going slowly. So Got fingers it. crossed that hopefully I'll be able to do it within the year. Like in recent months, I've had more time. Um, I think everyone has had more time at home. Yeah, we've all had a lot of time. <laughs> this yeah. pandemic. Yeah, I'm actually painting a mural in my bathroom. <laughs> so now listen, this is being recorded as far as a video as well. So if you'd like to show some of your art, and I don't mind self-promotion. <laughs> if you sell stuff online, I don't mind at all. You have an Instagram account. I don't mind. You can share. I, I'm so excited. At the moment, I don't because my house is actually, I'm trying to renovate. So the bathroom is a complete mess and it's full of materials. Otherwise, I would <laughs> it. But if I were prepared, I think I would have had something. Okay. No worries. <laughs> no worries at all. So now you mentioned that you are from Canada, but you're living, you're currently living in Dubai as an English teacher, yeah. but you also said that you're a freelance English teacher. So I'm very curious because I have friends and I had a friend who lived in Dubai as an English teacher, but she was hired by a company. And you know, I lived in Korea for 10 years as an English teacher as well, but I worked for a company and I never did the freelance work. So how does that work in Dubai as an English teacher being a freelancer, but not under a certain company? Is it hard or is it easy because you're a Canadian citizen? Um, so I, I've worked overseas for 10 years, actually, in different places. Um, mm-hmm. And I've only been freelancing for a year and four months or so. Mm-hmm. So I was actually working for companies before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's, it's relatively new that, I don't know if you know much about working in Dubai. I don't. No, okay, okay. Um, basically, you need a sponsorship to be here. So either your family sponsors you or a company sponsors you to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did work for a few companies before, my last company for five years. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of things changed and it was kind of time for me to move along. Uh, and uh-huh. I started looking at some options and they had introduced uh, a freelance visa in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So you basically pay for your own visa. So if you... Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like your problem if you don't have work. Got so you. you you can be here as long as you have work or you have money to be here. So if you pay for the visa, it's 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 not too expensive, but you also have to pay for your health insurance. You have to make sure that you're covered and you have documents to be here. Otherwise you can't be here. You can stay sense. as a tourist. Yeah. Um so luckily I'd been working for the other companies for a while and I already had quite a lot of students. Um, And I knew quite a lot of people because I'd been in Dubai for five years before Mm -hmm. freelance. That makes sense. So I, yeah, I was nervous about it, but I was like, okay, it's now or never. I need to to take a step and do something. Um, At that time, I was really busy and things were going really great. And it's been a really good year um, up until a few months ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah yeah so i i got my own visa and um that's it i i do i teach private courses group courses i work with companies still and i also do copywriting so i'm trying to do i now that everything is changing this is why i'm thinking about art um possibly tattooing different completely different uh -huh. but uh, it's more just because everything is changing and i know that i have to make a change um so yeah it's it's possible to freelance for different uh, industries here mm -hmm. um and yeah it's it's good like i think if you know dubai and you you have already a lot of students and you know people then it's yeah. okay but i wouldn't say to come here as a freelancer like i wouldn't recommend it there's so yeah. much to learn about the place that makes sense that makes sense so then with your students are you meeting them one-on-one -on -one or i know the pandemic so of course it kind of limits the contact yeah. aspect but for companies or the people that you're freelancing for is it more larger groups via zoom or how does that work um, in general, it's face to face uh, and Dubai before used to invest in a lot of training for their staff in companies and so on um, with students. It was face to face up until very recently um, mm -hmm. because we were on like full lockdown. You couldn't go outside and so on and so on. So I literally had no option. Um, yeah. So I've been working online a lot more than I'm used to, uh, which again is the same for everyone, I guess. Yeah. Um, but in general, it's, it's face to face. Um, I have an office where I also teach. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, I prefer face to face. Um, it's nice. The interaction is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is okay, but it's not the same. I think it's not the same. Yeah. The one-on-one -on -one is nice. Yeah. Uh, it is nice to see people one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. All right. Okay. So then let me ask this question. Why did you become an English teacher? I know you've told us that, you know, you have a passion for art and, you know, your um, <laughs> education has taken you in different areas. Again, I understand. I don't know how much you know about my background, but I've also had kind of a similar, you know, you do many different things. So I understand that. But why did you choose to become an English teacher? And you said you've been in Dubai for about 10 years. Why did you decide to stay there so long or be an English teacher for so long? Um, so I've actually been overseas 10 years, but in Dubai about five years. So I moved okay. around a little bit before. Uh -huh. um, and I became a teacher because I graduated from human resources and I thought it was practical and so on. Mm -hmm. And the only part of it that I really, really liked was training. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just looking for things to do, basically, just things to do. And uh, I started off teaching kids. Um, mm -hmm teaching kids English. I went to China. That was the first place that I worked. Uh -huh. And I started off just as a kind of an excuse to travel, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, it's something easy to do. Let me just do this. Yeah. And I, after a few months, I was like, okay, teaching kids is not, not my thing. Like I'm, I'm really good with kids actually, but mm -hmm. I think maybe it depends on the place as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was at the beginning, it was just kind of to travel. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I was actually really good at it. Um, and then when I changed to teaching adults shortly after, it was kind of a transition from training to teaching. Yeah. Uh, which is relatively similar uh, when you're working with adults. So that's, that was why it went from just an excuse to travel <laughs> to yeah. something that I actually loved. So then I got uh, qualified and I kept, I kept doing it. Nice. Kind of like you found a hidden, hidden talent, a passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. And Good. you asked me, sorry, you asked me why I stayed in Dubai for so long. Uh-huh. Well. Um, I had moved around quite a lot before. So I worked in China, Afghanistan, Brazil, Thailand, the UK. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I moved around a lot. Um, and I was always teaching, but I was always kind of specializing in different things. I used to do aviation English, so I used to work with pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, and during my time in Afghanistan, I had a leave and I came to Dubai just for a holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I just loved it. Like mm-hmm. at that time, it was very different. It was much easier to come here and there was so much opportunity. Um, and I said, okay, I really want to move here. And I ended up moving here. Yeah. Uh, and I, I loved it. Like, I think the quality of life that you can have is decent as long as you're working. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why I, I stayed so long. There was no... Nice. Yeah, yeah I do remember there was... Say again? Sorry, where do you live now? Are you in Korea? Are you somewhere else? No, I'm in America now. I actually live in Maryland, so on the East Coast. So, yeah. but uh, I came back from Korea in 2000 and... Was it 2019? 2019. But I went back for about a month because one of my closest friends got married. So I went back for a month. So, and I speak Korean fluent. So it's kind of like a second home to me. So if it wasn't for the pandemic, I would have been there already this year. But, you know, the pandemic kind of stops all of your plans. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. I fell in love with Korea. I really enjoyed. A little bit similar to your experience and the fact that I never intended to be a teacher. Like I, that wasn't my past. I'm a Christian and I went over there to be a missionary. It was part of our church program oh, okay. to teach English and also teach the Bible. So I was like, sure, you know, I'll go do some work for God, you know? And I got over there and I said, well, let me try to learn the language. And a year turned into two years, turned into three years, got a scholarship okay. to go to grad school. And then 10 years wow. later, 10 years later. <laughs> so <laughs> but, uh, I also love children. Um, but I realized my, I, my, I like teaching adults and I think it's because with adults, I can speak to them as if we're already on the same level. Like with yes. children, there are certain topics I couldn't get into with them because they're kids. So while I enjoy the, you know, the loving aspect of children and yeah. I <laughs> a little bit, when you said diff- different cultures, different places, um, kids are different. When I was in Korea, when I first got there, um, so I'm used to kids in America being super loving and lots yeah. of hugs. And I'm a very contactual person. I love children. Um, but when I was in Korea, kids are still great. Kids are always kids, but they were, kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're still great, but they also kind of more like teacher and like kind of not standoffish, but teachers yeah. here and I'm here. So yeah. it took a while. Once I started speaking Korean though, those, all those barriers went out the window and kids became like, oh, okay, you're a foreigner but you speak our language. So it allowed the little children to get closer to me very fast. So I think it was also, I like, I think it was for me more so the interaction with the parents, honestly, and the restriction oh. with the parents than the kids themselves. Like I like them and I'm really good with kids, but I think like if I were teaching kids in Canada, like you said, in America, it's a completely different experience. Um, yeah. It's a different culture, which you have to respect and so on, uh, right. which, I get and I know myself and I, I kind of would like want to teach them things that I know that it's it doesn't work in the school system there like I would be like do what you want and and yeah it's not, it doesn't work <laughs> so I, w- I would probably end up getting them into trouble so if it were somewhere else it works like I do work with kids sometimes now yeah um, but because I'm freelancing, I, I'm selective. Like I meet with them and their parents and if it's a good fit and if everything is okay and they, they like my style of teaching and I'm free to do that, then yeah. it works. But I can't just go into another country and start doing whatever exactly. I want. Exactly. And that, that was kind of, I think, a similar experience to yours. Yeah. 
I totally, I totally understand. We're on the same page. Totally understand. <laughs> I think we got saved in the program that I was in. We never had the interaction with the parents. There was a, t a Korean teacher that always had interaction with the parents, but we always heard about the conversations I think you're alluding to. We always yeah. heard about this, the parents kind of having more, more say so than we were used to in certain yeah. situations. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I totally understand. Um, okay. So can you tell me about your first teaching experience? Uh, was that in China or was that Thailand or was it China? Uh, it hmm. was in China. Yes. Yes. My, my first teaching experience was in China. Um, uh -huh. After I graduated, I again was like, I want to get out of here. I want to move away and, and all of this. And I was looking for places where I could go. And China was, I think, is still full of opportunity, full of yeah. work. And I just went there. So within three weeks, I decided, okay, I'm going to go. And I showed up there and I was teaching a class of four and five-year-olds. Um, yeah, they were so cute. Um, and I was so nervous, of course, even yeah. though... They didn't care what was going on. I was yeah. super nervous. Um, but no, I, I actually enjoyed it. But I think that obviously it was also a culture shock for me because I I didn't prepare. I just kind of went there and within three weeks I I, I was there. I didn't yeah. study language. I was so at first everything was really cool and funny and interesting, but over time I was frustrated. Yeah. Um, with as I mentioned, some of the restrictions in terms of teaching and also just struggling in general. So yeah. the teaching was okay. Like the kids were great and they were okay. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't amazing. I would say the first experience was, was not, not the best. It was you said just, it so well. You said it, so, it wasn't amazing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it wasn't great. <laughs> I understand. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, now, let me ask you more of a teacher question that's okay. related to uh, something that will help the students. So as a teacher, now the majority, well, actually all of my students are intermediate or advanced English learners. And mm -hmm. so the students listening to this podcast, now I do have a few young ones. I have a few students that are like, teacher, I'm 15, I'm 12. And I'm like, okay, hey, welcome. So, but the majority of them are adults. Okay. And the question is, as a teacher, what have you noticed are the three best qualities of a good English student? So more applicable to your adult students, but what have you noticed are the good qualities of a good English student? Not necessarily the best grade, but the student that you can see <laughs> okay. the most potential in. Okay. Um, I would say that they have to be dedicated, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, they should be realistic with themselves and their expectations and their goals and uh they should be positive they should have a positive attitude mm. for lack of a better word i think everyone says you know be positive but um yeah i think these these are the the main things like regardless of level uh mm. if they're realistic and they're dedicated like you can absolutely learn anything that you want to learn um yeah. but if their approach is unrealistic like i have people I'm sure you have the same who want to speak English perfectly in, in a very short time. And it's, it's yeah. not realistic. Like they're studying once a week and it's, a, it's yeah. like not to be mean, but it's not realistic. So this is super important. Um, and I know I said three, but I think also they have to be flexible. Like if something is not working for them, like they have to be able to take feedback yeah. and make a change. I think it's a good, can you, um, 
expand a little bit more on the being flexible because I think it's a great point and I think maybe students need to understand a little bit more but I yeah. think it's a great point. Um, so I've had a lot of students who I guess are used to studying or learning in a really traditional way um, mm -hmm. where you you memorize things and you do grammar exercises and I, I always try to explain to them like I know that this is a habit for you and you're used to this mm -hmm. so flexible in terms of like willing to try something new so yeah. I, I try to stress that you're learning a language to communicate. It's not to regurgitate information or mm -hmm. pass a test. If it's to pass a test, it's a different thing. Right. Um, but again, it also depends on the test. So True. If, if you're, especially if you have a teacher who's suggesting maybe another approach because the teacher can see their progress in a way that they can't. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had a lot of a lot of stubborn students who are like, no, I really want to study grammar and that's what I want to study. And again, now I'm freelancing and if someone's paying me to teach them grammar, I'll teach them grammar. But I still really insist like I try to insist like, you know, you should you should really give this a try. And I explain to them why. So it's just like a willingness to break habits or form new habits, um, I guess. Is putting it so if they knew like what was best they wouldn't need the help of a teacher um exactly. so yeah <laughs> that's, that's... It's, it's funny it seems like um so i don't know if you know this about like my everything about my business is actually connected to the point of not teaching grammar there's not a lesson on my youtube channel on my instagram even in my academy and i purposely do that for that exact reason i said guys you can learn grammar from a book but you can know yes. all the grammar in the world and still not be able to communicate your ideas or your thoughts. And that's what really is important. Grammar is of course important. You're not going to get anywhere without it. Yeah. But when you get to a certain level, it's now about applying what you've learned as opposed to just constantly learning and putting information in. So yeah, I totally agree. And um, it's been a, it's been very refreshing whenever someone comes to teacher, teach me grammar. Sorry, I'm not the teacher for that, but there are so many other amazing teachers on YouTube who teach uh, grammar. So yeah, I think that's uh, very important. Very important too. All I right. think there's a, a time and a place for it as well, because yeah. it's important for, for anyone learning any language to understand that there's, there's so many aspects to the language, right? Yeah. Um, there's so many skills. It's not just rules that you learn and then that's it. So it's not math. Um, yeah. It's nothing else. And yeah, it's, it's, I, I know I've been, I've watched a lot of your videos and I, I, I really like your approach and the way that you, the way that you oh, teach nice. and the way you explain things. It's really nice. And yeah, it, it's logical. It's practical, I think. And it's, it's the point. So. Good stuff. Thank you. All right. Well, have you ever had a favorite student? Um, I haven't had like off the top of my head, I don't have one favorite student. Uh -huh. Um, of course I've had students who I get along with personality wise or who I click with more than other students. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I cannot think of one student cause I've, I've worked in a lot of different places and I, I'm in touch with a lot of my, uh, previous students and uh, some of them I've become friends with, but I, no, I don't think I have one specific favorite student. Wow. Okay. Do you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> is I, I had favorite students um so I, I treated everyone of course equally yeah. but you do have those students like you mentioned that you just click with like it's not about the language it's just their personalities like man something about you I would hang with you if you were in America so it kind of it's not even about the language it's like oh I would hang with you outside of school and 
because I lived in the same place for so long and I spoke the language outside of class, then we started to become friends. So I would yeah. teach them English, but then it was a whole other level traveling around Korea. Yeah. So they became my friend, which is why we also, I was like, oh, that's my favorite student. Now, I never said it out loud to anyone, but I will say I had a favorite type of student. And my favorite type of student, again, that student exuded qualities that I uh, value. For example, determination, not giving up no matter how hard something is, um, very diligent and also kind of optimistic. So yeah. those students were my favorite types of students. They weren't necessarily the best student, like as far as getting the best grade, <laughs> I really appreciated their drive and also students who kind of tried to make the classroom environment enjoyable. Because yeah. when I was in school, I was that student like, hey, let's enjoy the time we have together. It doesn't have to be boring. Let's figure out a way to enjoy our interaction with each other. So those types of students were my favorite types of students. Yeah, there are types, there are types of students, absolutely, that yeah. are just, it's like such a pleasure to, to, to work with them and to have them in a group, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there are, but I, I can't think of like one specific yeah. one, I guess, yeah. I gotcha, I gotcha. I've had some funny students that were my favorite because they were just funny. Like I had a student that he came to my class. He was the first one to class every day. It was an um, older gentleman, probably in his like late 50s. And he was a businessman, but he'd come sick. Class started at 7 a.m. He'd be there at 6.50. So he was always there with me. Sometimes he'd come drunk hungover <laughs> but like he was so it's like those little things say again but he was there even if he was exactly. drunk <laughs> like i enjoyed his personality he's a very jovial guy just like why are you why are you drunk to teacher you know i had a work meeting <laughs> this is a really nice guy to be around and students loved him too so he became one of my favorites because again of his personality didn't speak the greatest his grammar was not good his, but i really enjoyed him being there and when he wasn't there i noticed so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Little things about them. All right. Well, then, what are the hardest things about teaching English? You know, we we love it. It's our language, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are the hardest? Uh, things? Um, I think I think it would be in a group setting, in a group class, when I'm trying to find something that like a topic or content that's interesting for everyone in the group. I think that's mm. probably the most common challenge I faced. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I like, yeah, I think, I think that would be it. It's if like in Dubai, everyone is from a different place. So Dubai is kind of is really unique, which is actually one of the reasons that I, that I stayed here and that I love it. It's so multicultural and I'm from Toronto, which is really multicultural as well. Mm -hmm. um, so when I worked, for example, in Brazil, there were, you can find common characteristics, common interests, just common things among Brazilian people, okay? And right. here in Dubai, you have a, a, a class with 10 people from 10 different places. So yeah. it's a little bit challenging to find, like you can find a topic that's amazing and you know like six out of 10 are gonna love it. And so, so this is more of it. Also, you have to be quite um, sensitive here in terms yeah. of your content and your jokes and things like that. So, so that, that would probably be, probably be it for me, but I, I've, adapted to that like that was more so when i first came yeah here. now now it's okay yeah and for you for me so the hardest thing about teaching when i was in korea they they all were the same culture so it was a little bit easier um man 
I really do love teaching English. So I'm really struggling now to figure out what's the hardest thing about it because I wake up thinking about the students and go to sleep. Like I really enjoy what I do. So let me think. The hardest thing about teaching English for me. Honestly, I think it goes back to the point we were trying to make. Getting students to understand that we know what we're doing and yeah. we understand how to, to lead them along the path. So I have a group of students that I teach. Um, they're my VIP students. Hey guys, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> and we meet once a week and they're intermediate and advanced English speakers. So we have a full conversation. Everything is fine. They understand a lot. And sometimes there are questions about maybe the methods I'm using. They're just curious, like, oh, well, teacher, I need to improve, say, for example, I need to improve my pronunciation or I need to improve this. And I'm like, just trust me. Like, I'm, I'm giving you these tools to, you know, this, this site to look at every week or this podcast to listen to. As the teacher, I know that the more you listen, the more you're training your tongue as well, how to speak properly. Your listening helps your speech. So I guess explaining those little things that we as native English speakers, I think as teachers specifically, we already know what we're doing. I think getting students to understand. And now fast forward, they're like, oh, that's what you were doing. I'm like, yep, all you gotta do is trust me. So I think those, those times helping students to, and they're not ever at, like they're never rude or disrespectful. It's more of trying to calm them down and to ease their frustrations and to ease their fears because a lot of the students have goals and desires. Like they're trying to get somewhere in life. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand that. So I think the hardest thing is sometimes to give them confidence in themselves. Like, hey, you're doing really good. Just trust me. I'll take you to where you need to be. Just trust me and relax. So I think that's maybe the hardest thing, helping them to not be frustrated. Mm -hmm. so this is, um, <clears throat> sorry to interrupt you. This is one of the differences between kids and adults. Yeah. Um, this is one of the main differences and this is why I really like teaching adults. I think it's the same for you because for me, like, it's okay to stop and explain like, this is why we're doing this. This is why you're doing this. Um, whereas with a child, you just kind of like do this and then they do it. Yeah. And they learn, right. So it's not that they learn in a different way. It's that they see things in a different way. Adults see things yeah. in a different way. And, they are sometimes impatient. We, we, yeah. we put work into something and we want this like magical result. And if something, if we don't understand why we're doing something, it can feel like we're wasting time exactly. or um, yeah, it's like, what's the point of this? Why am I doing this? So I, I actually like that aspect of it because um, I very often stop and say, okay, this is the reason why we're doing this. And then once they understand it, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's logical. It makes sense. So yeah, it's, it was one of the challenges for me as well. Um, but it's also something that I like. I like that aspect of it. Yeah, good, good, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, that kind of answers the next question, which was what do you enjoy <laughs> the most? Unless there's something else you enjoy more than that. There's something else, yes. <laughs> there's something else. Um, about teaching now, I think that, I think it's really fulfilling. Like, it's really cool. Like you said, everyone has a goal, right? And um, IELTS is one of the main things that I teach in exam preparation. I told you I used to work with pilots as well. Mm -hmm. um, and with my HR background, I do a lot of business English and help for interviews. So CV writing and interview prep. And um, it's really, really cool when my students actually achieve what they're trying to achieve. And I was able to help them do that. Um, and specifically in Dubai, I get to meet people from all over the world, which is nice. Uh, because you can again talk to them talk to your students like they're on your level uh because they are they're not they're not kids yeah. and uh i learned so much from so many other people 
so these two things, I think, in addition to, to obviously teaching itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just seeing the progress that people make and spending nice. time. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice to see their progress. It is really nice seeing their progress. Okay. And it's nice when they can see their own progress too. I yeah, think. very true. Do you speak another language? Uh, no, I used to study French in school because in Canada it's our second language. Mm -hmm. um, but I was honestly a very half-assed, lazy French student. Um, <laughs> uh, my my, it, yeah, it's a shame now because I'm a language teacher. And in hindsight, my French teacher was an amazing teacher. She was one teacher for like the whole school, and she did such a good job, and she put her heart into it, and. I was just like, ah, I don't care. And at that time, uh, Google Translate just uh oh <laughs> just came out, and we just used to <laughs> translate everything and like think we were so clever. And obviously, now when you look at it, you're like, oh my yeah. god. But um, so no, I I speak some basic French. Uh, I can understand, but I am not by any means fluent. Um, my dad is Trinidadian, so okay. he also just speaks English. He's not from Canada, but uh, they speak English, so. No. And you speak Korean and any mm -hmm. other language? English. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, English. <laughs> Just English. Yeah, no, English and Korean. Yeah. All right. We, we took Spanish. So in Canada, I know you guys take French. We took Spanish. But, you know, it, it kind of is one of the, I took Spanish throughout elementary, middle and high school. And I think maybe one class in college. But it was like basic Spanish. Like we never got to the next level. So, I mean, I was interested in it, but we never really took it to the next level. So, hola. I, I stopped family. before I could take it to the next, like other people did, but I was, I just oh didn't. Yeah. Now I kind of wish I, I put some effort in, but yeah, no, I, I think in school it's kind of basic. In general, you learn basic uh, language, but it's up to the student to continue or not. Yeah. Now when I have children, I'm definitely going to encourage that. Well, before they get to the age they have a choice, they will learn. <laughs> <laughs> they won't know. They won't know. <laughs> right. Just do yeah. this. Um, all right. So do you know any good English resources? We're about to wrap it up, but do you have any good English resources? And they don't necessarily have to be books. Uh, I like this section because students are very curious to be exposed to things that we watch whether it be netflix shows or you know television doesn't matter or any books that you actually like that like novels or anything feel free to tell us um honestly there's so many like i'm kind of struggling to think of one uh but i would say resources that i always use with my students or that i give my students are authentic things okay um Good. in general i say articles so there's not a specific book i would recommend um because it depends on the person's interest. So something that I would say anyone can use mm -hmm. um, are articles and mm -hmm. podcasts as well, um, because you can literally find any length, any topic, um, an article, whether it's a magazine article or an online article or a blog post is short enough that mm -hmm. you can finish it and you can spend time studying it and look at it again. Um, so I would like, I, this is, I don't know, one of the most common suggestions I make to my students. So of course there are specific websites that are really good for specific things. So there's grammar websites, websites for listening and so on and so on. But I think um, resources are the best when they're actually relevant or interesting. So I would say podcasts and articles that people actually like. Um, which Do you have any ones you like? Um, 
No, I, honestly, no. Like I can't think of, I can't think uh, of yeah. anything specific. Well, I watch so many things and I listen to so many things. Um, you for example, a TV show, huh? Okay, there are many TV shows. Yeah, there, uh, one book that I like uh, that I that just popped into my head is uh, How to Be Brilliant. Uh -huh. So I like this type of um, psychology, sort of positive thinking. Like these are the kind of books that I that I like. Nice. Um, so this is yeah, just an example. But I like the the writing style. It kind of sounds like the author is speaking, and the examples mm -hmm. are really um, they're realistic. So he talks about himself as a father. He talks about himself um, as a businessman. Like it's it's nice. Um, Netflix is also amazing. Yes. Uh, because you can use subtitles and so on if you need in English. Um, but I, in terms of TV shows, I would recommend well, for Netflix shows too are okay. You know, we watch Netflix now like it's TV, so it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> Netflix, Netflix. Right. Um, <laughs> I think like I would, for, for learning, I, I always suggest shorter shows. Mm -hmm. So comedy, like How I Met Your Mother and things like this. Um, short, short things. Like movies are great, but they're long so if you're if you're watching for the purpose of learning i would say shorter and youtube is amazing yeah youtube is probably the best resource um it's it's amazing youtube is is great so do you have any specific youtube channels you like to follow and i'm asking these specific questions because what happens students always ask they're like teacher but what about you like what do you like because yeah. They really don't know what to search for. Whereas for us, it seems very simple. We're like, just go search for this. And they're like, well, which one's good? So. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually don't know the names of the channels, which is really bad. I can look at them and tell you, but I, I, I watch and listen to YouTube when I'm doing something else. So mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. mostly on autoplay and I, and if I like it, I subscribe and I'm like, okay, later I'm gonna. Yeah. Check this but yeah. i i don't know because like i've subscribed to your channel i like it and i watch it and i listen to different teachers mm -hmm. um of course i listen to teachers but that's more for work right uh, but i said i'm more into psychology uh i'm really into psychology that's another nice. thing i'm really interested in um and it's it's a lot about understanding people and understanding yourself the way that you think mm -hmm. um so these types of channels are what i like but i i just kind of do it when i'm cooking or cleaning and i i don't actually know which is bad no worries, um no worries. when i have a student who asks me i find it and i send it to them. yeah <laughs> i can do that i can send it to you but i i don't actually know which is which is terrible i'm sorry no problem at all <laughs> no problem at all all right well then i have one last question for you i know that students have enjoyed this conversation so far um my last question is actually do you have any advice for second language learners for the students okay um i think it's kind of going back to what makes a good i guess good qualities in a student um i would say to be patient mm -hmm. and to be persistent uh these are the most important things um and to do a little bit every day um mm -hmm. i think that consistency is key when it comes to learning a language yeah um so yeah i think i think that you have to be patient with yourself yeah. Uh, and and continue continue like not to um to be positive as well and to if something is not working like if you if you reach kind of a plateau and you're stuck you have to to rethink your approach um yeah. so yeah i think i think that's it wow learners, yes julie thank you so much i really enjoyed this conversation with you thank you it was yeah. a pleasure
Really appreciate it. Uh, do you have any, any, I guess, last words or any, I guess, do you want them to follow you on Instagram or anything you'd like to say or? Um, yeah, you, I have an Instagram page. I, I, I started working more online relatively recently, so I don't have too much online. Um, so my Instagram is English teacher underscore Julie. So I post um, every day different little lessons, vocabulary, idioms mostly. Um, and I'm going to be doing more IELTS stuff online too. So yeah, that's it. And thank you very much for wow. having my me. Pleasure. My pleasure. I was happy to receive the email. Okay, just want to make sure. So Instagram, your handle is English teacher underscore Julie, J-U-L-I-E, right? Yes. Okay, everybody listening, please follow her right now on Instagram. Julie, <laughs> thank you so much for joining, Julie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, have a wonderful evening. You too. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you want to watch the full video recording of my conversation with Julie, all you have to do is join the Speak English with Tiffany Academy by going to www.speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com. Once again, that's www.speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com. This has been Teacher Tiffany with the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. Until next time, remember to speak English.